Welcome to SEC Unfiltered, home of the best SEC content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code SECU to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Prize Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry guys. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sports entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports. Pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of, they have got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews as well. Guys, so many fans and listeners of SEC Unfiltered have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. Well, so again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code SECU to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from SEC Unfiltered sent you. Let's get it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Any I, I, on on the mental health break. Yeah, and listen. Here's the deal, okay, man. Good, I good. It, you said it's been a week since Saban um, since Saban retired, which means it's been six days since you said that nobody wanted the job. 
So, I mean, it seems like nobody wanted the job, which I, this has been to Did watch. I say that verbatim that nobody wanted it? I'll, I I'll pull up the tweet if you want me okay. to. Why Fair does it enough. feel like All nobody right. wants All the right. job? Um, okay. Listen, here's the deal. I, it is, this is like a Georgia fan's wet dream right now. And it's hilarious to watch because I get it. Like, I fully get it. Like, everyone wants to watch Saban and, and Bama go down and, and, and they haven't been able to on the field for 17 years. So. It, it has been wild to watch because it's been it, like, we just haven't seen this kind of turnover. We haven't seen this kind of change. We've, it's been the most stable program. And really, if you think about it too, it's, it's a program that has like been the reason why so many other people have had to get new, new coaches. Like there's a reason why Clemson fired Tommy Bowden way back in 2008. Auburn's gone through like five head coaches in this time or, or something like that. Like or three or four, I don't know what the total is. Arkansas, same thing. Um, it's been wild to watch, but I, you know, like I just, I don't, I just don't feel like the sky is falling. I just, I just, I just don't. So let, let's get into that, Chris. The whirlwind again that was, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of last week culminates with Kalen Abor being hired. Um, I'm sure again, you're as close to Bama as any program out there. I'm sure you were not, not anymore. Totally, well, I'm sure you weren't totally shot, is what I was going at that Nick Saban. You know, we knew it was coming. Mm -hmm. It was going to be, I guess, kind of surprising or just, uh, you know, a monumental event, if you will, when it yeah. did happen. Uh, take me there. Take me the coaching search. How you feel about Kalen DeBoer? Again, the resume is fantastic. Yeah. I think it's a really good hire. I, I feel like most people feel that way. Um, like you mentioned, Georgia fans are having fun with it. There's a lot of other SEC fan bases. But yeah. as you like to say, Dance very lightly yeah. if you're going to dance on the grave. So just just thoughts on like where your mind was at over the yeah. last that 72 hour period, if you will, from Saban retiring to DeBoer being hired. So I found out the LSU week in in early November, early October that Saban was most likely going to retire. I I just kind of thought they would they would skip. Once once they got to the Rose Bowl and he didn't retire, I was like, well, maybe he'll run it back. Um, and that was not the case. So I was <laughs> like, it was awkward because um, I was texting back and forth with Kristen. She was on her way to, to Florida um, about, you know, just this and that. And then all of a sudden the news broke and it was like, is your dad retiring? Like, is this is this going to happen? Um, and so it was wild. I mean, like, listen, it was like, I mean, good for him. Like I'm, I'm, I'm first and foremost thinking about Saban, like incredibly grateful for the time he spent there and what he did, putting that place in a better situation, just miles ahead of where it was when he got there. Um, I remember last year at one point they went to Italy, him and Miss Terry went to Italy and he, had, they hadn't gone on a vacation in like 10 years. And, and like, they went on vacation and Bam fans were bitching about how he wasn't on the trail recruiting. And it was like, shut the fuck up. Like, let him, like, let him live a little bit. So I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy that he gets to do all that. I'm happy that he gets to go be a granddad. I'm happy for all that. Um, the whirlwind that happened afterwards, it was funny. I think Greg Byrne actually kind of nailed it, the Bam AD. He said, it, it's like, it's like 24 hours in a coaching search is like 72 or I'm sorry. It's like a week. Um, is what it feels like. And I think that made sense to me because it was like, they, the, the reactions we were getting from people um, and how quick, I mean, like, like nobody knows who they went after. Mm. That Nobody knows that. We don't know they went after Lanning. They, they didn't go after Kiffin. 
We don't know if they went after Sark. We don't know what what number choice Kalen DeBoer was. But if you ask me, I would have gone after Dan Lanning first. And so if you don't get Lanning, but you get the guy that beat him three times in two years, love that. Love that a lot. And and here's the thing, too. People aren't going to want to hear this. and I don't care how it sounds. I hope Kalen DeBoer is the long-term hire and he's there for forever and has tremendous success. Because I love the stability of it. And I want Bama to be successful. But if this is what we all kind of assume it was going to be, which is a stopgap hire because you don't want to be the guy replacing the guy, and if it's not going to work because of recruiting or whatever, or if you're on the Washington side of this, you're saying it's a stepping stone guy at a, at a doing a stepping stone move to go to the NFL, right? And just so you know, Chris, now that we're, we're full go on this and I'm awake for my nap, we can, we can go 25 minutes. We don't even have to do the 15 minutes. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll say it. I, the, the construction is fine. Um, but like the, the thing with Washington fans is like, it's a stepping stone thing. He's going to go to the NFL. This is all, this is what he does. Well, if he does that. I just watched him go to Washington and take a team that won four games the year before seven, the combined two years before he got there and go combined 25 and three, go five and over Sark and landing and then get you to a national championship game. It's it's I guess what's what's wild to me is watching the the um what's the best way to put it the the outside noise that's being attached to it like he's just Brian Harson he's not everyone knows that anybody with a fucking brain knows he's not Brian Harson um and I don't know about the recruiting because we haven't seen the recruiting yet I, I don't I don't know but I, I think they got a really really good coach and if he's just a stopgap give me the X's and O's guys for 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 the two years. And then bring through a complete overhaul and start over with the recruiting and stuff like that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Has any of the jubilation surprised you at all? I mean, is it was it expected? I mean, Auburn fans rolling Tumor's corner. That seemed aggressive. That seemed <laughs> rather aggressive. I mean, I don't <laughs> – I forgot about that. I mean, yeah. like, I'll tell you the funniest part of it is, just personally, was my girlfriend is an Auburn grad, 
and she loves Auburn and hates Alabama, like hates Alabama. And when all this was happening, I knew that I, I, she knew that I was like upset. Like I was, I was going through it that day. The mental health break thing was just, we should have never fucking said it. (laughs) It's just the thought that I was going to have that that break. But it was wild watching Auburn fans because I I think, I think the funniest part for me was like the, the only, the only fan base that should be super happy about this is Georgia. They're the only one that's on Alabama's level remotely. They're the only one that has has come close to beating Bama, and they're still they were still one and five against Saban. Like, like I, I think they have the most to gain from this because they were the closest one at the top of the pecking order. Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin. I haven't seen Lane Kiffin stack seasons, and I don't know how. Like maybe ever as a head coach. I mean LSU. We already know how I feel about LSU stacking seasons. We haven't seen that. I, I haven't seen them beat Bama in back to back seasons in over like 15 years. Maybe that happens at some point. But like Auburn just being the fucking ultimate little brother, rolling Tumor's corner because they're so glad they're de- – because in the same breath, they're so glad that their fucking daddy left, Nick Saban being 12-5 and five against this program. They're so glad that he left, but at the same time want to always tell you, oh, he never beat a nine-win Auburn team. We had the most We had the most wins against him. We had five wins against him in 17 years. And it's like, you can't be both. But with Auburn, it's 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 always going to be both. It's always going to be we fought until the end. We did our best. I'm so proud of them, boys. It's fucking sportsmanship is gross. <laughs> so, Chris, I'm curious. You look at this staff that uh, Kalen DeBoer has put together. Ryan Grubb is all yeah, terrible. Okay, terrible. Ryan Ryan Grubb at OC, Kane Womack at DC. Um, you know, most or one of the most notable, Travaris Robinson goes to Georgia. Was able to retain a couple of guys. I thought retaining the strength coach and I think the yeah. nutrition person that those were very underrated yeah. things. Anybody who's been around football, you you know how important that is. Just thoughts on the staff that DeBoer has put together in your mind, because I think what's interesting it's you know you got a couple of those Bama guys have stuck around, but it's a lot of outside flavor. Like it's Washington yeah. guys, it's South Alabama, it's you know I, what was it? The head coach of Buffalo who is on Ooh. the staff now. Like it's a lot of you know, outside, like maybe not SEC tie guys, which, you know, for a while that was blasphemous where it just felt like right. it was the good old boy league where coaches were getting recycled at every, and that still happens obviously, but just thoughts on this staff that DeBoer has put together thus far. Yeah. They fucking bring in John Chavis. I'm still convinced that someday that they will just make an all-star team of like John Chavis, Mike Bobo, and Will Muschamp <laughs> and just see where it goes. Um, you know, I, I don't know as much about, um, the hires. I do know that South Alabama's head coach had them in the top 30 in every major statistical category. Um, it, total defense, rushing defense. They were, I think they were t- like top 20, uh, passing defense, scoring defense. I mean, they're, they, they gave up, they were 15th in the country in, in yards per game allowed, which is two spots ahead of Alabama, which, um, so that, that is something I think that like anybody that talks about the DC hire, I think has, has been like, this is a really, really good hire. I don't know shit about the head coach from Buffalo. No clue. No clue. I mean, maybe Traveris Robinson probably would have been a better hire, I would think, at the D.C. I think that's fair to say. Um, and let me go back to that on a second part. Let me talk about the offense for a second. The Ryan Grubb thing is funny because Ryan Grubbs, he he interviewed at Bama a year ago for the O.C. position, and they and then he turned it down. And I remember it being a thing where it was like, dude, Bama's not able to get their same coordinator hires they wanted in the past. And it was like, I remember sitting there thinking, I was like, man, he's, he's returning like everybody at Washington. Why? Why would he leave that? Like, and then coming to this situation 
where he's under uh, he's under Nick Saban. He's going to be under a constant like scrutiny and, and speculation of what he should be doing and should not be doing. I thought it was a great move. They ended up getting him this year. Um, I, I love the offensive stuff. I love the fact they got the offensive line coach, the Joe Moore Award. Anybody can sit here and talk about pick out little specific things that are negative. I, I love to look at the full body of work. And if we're going to talk about sports, we're going to do it in fucking factual statements. So if you're talking about the offensive line, and I've seen a lot of people like, they were getting destroyed against Michigan. Well, I got news for you. Everyone got destroyed against Michigan. <laughs> it was the best defense in the country. And, and just because they didn't play in the SEC does not mean it wasn't the best, best defense in the country. Let's be very clear about that. Um, you can tell that I'm getting animated because my computer is shaking back and forth. Um, so I love what they've done on the offensive side of the ball. I love the offensive line. And, and here's the other thing, too, the offensive line. It's not like it could get worse because at Bama, they had the worst offensive line from like from a, a sacks allowed standpoint. It's the most they've ever given them in program history. They had a bunch of real clean graphics on it. If you guys need them, I'll be happy to share. Um, but then the defensive thing. Here's the thing with Traveris Robinson. I would have loved to keep Traveris Robinson. I would have loved it. I, I think that he would have been a great hire. He would have been really good at, um, at recruiting and been helpful on the staff. That's me personally. Okay. And I, DGD is going to have a, a comment about this for sure. But like, <laughs> here's the thing. Saban was, and Kirby has even alluded to this. Saban was doing interviews about the DC position on Wednesday, the day he retired. If, if Traveris Robinson was the answer defensive coordinator for Alabama, when Saban was there, he probably would have been named the defensive coordinator when Saban was there. Or he would have been, gone to, uh, to DeBoer and said, this is the guy you absolutely have to take. And in and, and either way, I still think it's a better move for, for Traveris Robinson. Go, go be under this umbrella. This is not a negative thing about Georgia. But, like, go be under this umbrella of that defense is going to be stacked with, with elite talent no matter what. That defense is going to be under the thing, like under the the, the puppet master of, of Kirby Smart, no matter what. And you got Will Muschamp, and you got Glenn Schumann. You got all these people that to help with you. That is a that is the best group project defense you will ever see in college football, and and, and it's going to get him a, a head coaching job. So I think it's a great move. I, I they still have a couple other spots they gotta they gotta go after and get, but outside of the secondary. The defense has mainly stayed intact from the roster standpoint, too. And, and that part is something I'm really excited about because you bring back actual leadership. And I tell you what, Deontay Lawson, Jihad Campbell, I, I, I did not know how I was going to feel about having a linebacker named Jihad, but it's been great. He has brought a holy war to Tennessee. You just watched that tape. Um, but like, and, and then you talk about the defensive line, all the talent they have coming back there, all the five stars off, they come out off the edge that haven't entered the portal or anything like that. I love the mentality that some of the senior leadership has had. It sucks to lose Caleb Downs. But I love Malachi Moore coming out with that video when he said he's coming back saying, if they ain't in crimson, fuck them. And that's the kind of attitude you have to take going into next year because now you get a chance to have your entire, this massive chip on your shoulder for Alabama for the first time in like 20 years. And that's something I feel like it's, I'm excited about. So, Chris, you brought up Caleb Downs. Let's get into that. Obviously, that drops this morning. Um, I mean, the transfer portal as a whole, right, once Saban retired, the 30-day window opened up. And, I yeah. mean, it's just been open season on the Alabama roster. There's been decommitments left and right. 
Uh, what's it been like being a normal fan of college football and dealing with the portal and NIL? No, nah, I'm kidding. Seriously, no, no, the, the Caleb Downs thing. I, I've seen a lot of the stuff on social media from Bama fans about like talking about the portal and NIL yeah. and the negatives, and I'm like, this is new. Okay, this is new. Yeah, and so I think I, – let me speak on that first. Um, I would just – my mind just stand here for an hour and just talk sense <laughs> into everybody. Um, the the whole thing – I can't wait for your last question. But let me get you out of here. I'm like, you know what? Let's do one more. Let's do another question. Um, no, the, the Caleb Downs thing and, and Bama fans in general, they're a fan base. They're going to overreact. All fan bases do. I've, I've Listen, I have, I have always said – like I said earlier, if we're going to talk about football, we're going to talk about sports, we're going to do it with facts. Um, that is not the case for most of Bama fans are not a good fan base. It, it, it never has been. I've, I've never, never said there, there's Bama fans that hate the shit out of me because I've said they were going to lose games and then they would lose games. Like, I, you know, there's you're, you're not Chris, you're preaching to the, cro- the choir when it comes like I, I know firsthand yeah. being a uh, from the Gamecock side of things. Trust you me. had to go into witness protection, start a whole new, even bigger yeah, brand. Pretty much. I, I, I might be having a new name, all that. Very. Right, soon, right. <laughs> uh, yeah. The bearded, uh, the bearded beat is what we'll call it. Yeah, from now on. That's it. Um, no, I, I, I think and you're doing a tremendous job. It's been awesome watching this, this thing take off. I appreciate it. Um, but no, the thing with the thing with uh, the fan base. It is, it has been, it, I, I get the outside part of it where people are just going to be mad and just be like, like, I, I think people want to see this. I think Cruz Oxenrider posted this earlier. It's the best way to phrase it is, I mean, non-Bama fans are taking out 17 years of frustration on this, on this fan base. And, and as they should, it's what you, it's what you do as fans. The thing with the portal, it sucks. It really sucks. It's, I don't want to say it's unfair because that's what's in place for everyone. But man, it's tough to look at this and be like, okay, anyone can come tamper with your 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 players. And by the way, now they're legally allowed to tamper, right? Like, they, like let's not pretend like they haven't been tampering the whole fucking time. That's been happening across college football. Like Kiffin's talked about, Saban's talked about it, Kirby's talked about it. And and I think that's the other point I'll make too is those three guys especially. This would drive me crazy, which was Saban caught the most flack about it. Because it's Saban, but it was like, I can't believe they're complaining about this and they make millions and players should be able to do whatever they want. And it's like, you have you've rolled out this whole new process of how we're going to do things. The portal, NIL, all these things, right? And you've rolled it all out at once. And then you set no guardrails with it because the NCAA acted like a bunch of fucking bitches and came out here and was like, well, you know what? We're not going to profit as much money. We're going to take our ball and go home. See you later. Fuck, this is all still the instant voice fault, and I, I will always die on that hill. But like all of that happens, and there's there's like all these new things that aren't aren't like being regulated at all. So there's also a difference between, hey, this is not okay. This is like these are some issues we're having with the portal versus complaining. I think that the coaches have done a really good job about that, saying like, hey, these are the issues that are actual issues that we need to address that need to be fixed because. It's plain as fucking day that there are a ton of issues with the portal. I'm not saying this is one of them, but like, this is a tough situation to be in to watch, to have that roster be one of the best rosters in all of college football and be like, okay, listen, for the next 30 days, like, it, it's, it's like playing dodgeball. And it's like, hey, we're not going to give you a ball, but you can go stand in the corner and just hope no one is able to shoot you. You got to duck, dive, dip, duck, and dodge, or what the fuck ever. Like, it's, it's like that. So, Chris, would you say Caleb Downs a Georgia lock? Is that fair? No, 
I don't no? think he's going to Georgia. I think he's going to Ohio State. Ohio State. So he, people, okay. this is the funny part for, for me for me about this too, and I could be wrong. Um, but all of my Bama inside info is gone. All of my Bama inside info is was gone the moment he announced his retirement. <laughs> but I will tell you this: I do know I still have like people over at Georgia um, that are loving all of this, uh, and and even most of the logical ones don't think he's a lock. He, should he go there over anywhere else? Probably, probably so. But one thing about Caleb Downs that people forget about is his brother, I think, like something happened with his either recruitment or, or something with Kirby Smart. And his dad never let go of that. Mm-hmm. And his dad does not like Kirby Smart. And that is a that is a very real thing. So Kirby Smart and the way he mishandled his older brother's, like I said, recruitment or playing time or whatever the fuck it was, I should I should know before for saying it. Um, but I do know that Caleb Downs' family, not a huge fan of Georgia. So Ohio State and then I would say Texas are two teams to look out for. Um, again, I think he should go to Georgia. It makes the most sense for him for, for his future, the way he'll be coached up. And Traverse Robinson is also there. But I, that's just – I don't think it's the lock that people think it is. Chris, I think it's fair to say what Nick Saban did at Alabama will never be replicated ever again. Uh, how much <laughs> – how much do Alabama fans have to shift their expectations now entering a new era? Like, like mm-hmm. because I, I could see us getting to a point like three years down the road where, I mean, it's the, the expectations. I mean, like you said, you never want to be the guy that follows the guy. So how can Caleb DeVore su- succeed in the short term? I mean, outside yeah. of the obvious, which is win a national championship. I mean, what should the expectations be moving forward to be holding up the standard, but also being kind of realistic for the first time in a while? Yeah. Also, real quick, shout out to Carl Judkins in the comments for for putting in the pronunciation guide to Tennessee's quarterback Nico. I have butchered that many times, so I pr- I'm not even I'm not even confident saying it on air yet. I gotta yeah. I gotta do more practice. I've butchered that so much. Um, Ia Ia Maleva, I think is what I think, me. I don't know. I've, now I fucked it up, and he even helped us out with a with a training wheels on it. Um, I think I think that the expectations if you're Bama. It's tough because you still have that roster, regardless of everyone they're losing. You still have a very loaded roster. You're bringing in a very, very good recruiting class. And and, and here's the thing, too. It, like, the night is always darkest for the dawn, right? Like, mm-hmm. if they get Ryan Williams, the, the receiver who would be the fifth overall, I think, ranked prospect in, in program history, start build, you, you just need something. You, you need it to stop and start building up something. Right. Like that's that's what you're looking for. The expectations. It's tough because now you've expanded the playoff to the most teams that would be invited in the entire history of it. So it's like, can you get into the top 12? You should be. Mm-hmm. But I look at that schedule and it's like, oh, man, you open with Georgia. You have to go on the road. at OU before you play Auburn, um, they get Auburn at home, though. They've won that game by an average of over 20 points at home in the last six games there. Um, I think I think the one. The one that I think is a loss more than any of them, Chris, is is that like because because Vegas already updated the line last week about the Georgia game. Have you seen this for Georgia Bama? I have not. I have not. Two and a half. Georgia's favored by two and a half. That is shocking to me. And if you if you're able to put a substantial amount of money on it, do it. Um, but the one that that seems like it's a like a foregone conclusion is being a loss is that Tennessee game at, at, in Knoxville. I think that's going to be a really really tough game. Mm. Um, but, you know, I, I think, can you get to 10 and 2? Here's the thing, too, man. Can you get to 10 wins and avoid 
Atlanta. I think I think you need to avoid getting to Atlanta unless you're playing Georgia. That's a fucking lock to win that game. Um, but if you if you can get to if you can avoid Atlanta and sneak into like a 10, 11, 12 seed type thing. And I think that would go a long way because this SEC championship game in the next couple of years is going to really, really be devalued in, in the, the way the playoff system is set up. So I, I think that is what like the expectations, like I don't know if they're going to be able to shift the expectations. I, I it may, it would, maybe I'm just too logical. It, it makes too much sense to me to not shift the expectations. Like he's, I don't think I said it to the other on your Instagram. Like no one thinks this guy's going to be Nick Saban. No one thinks that. Um, should you win 10 games? I, like the only thing that I think he has, he has set himself up poorly with is his previous success. Mm. He's had so much success at, at, at Washington in this early year, uh, in his initial years. I, I think that's, that's what should be the expectation. He won 11 years in game in, in season one at Washington. That wasn't in the SEC, but he got into a natty in, in year two in a 14-0 season. Um, I, I think the expectation still needs to be getting to the playoff. It doesn't necessarily need to be winning a national championship every year, but if you've got 12 teams, you should still be Alabama and still be able to try to get to the playoff every year. That That is going to be something, if they're competing for a spot in his first year, that's fine. By year two, he needs to be in the playoff. Chris, let's move to SEC basketball. Does Nate no. Oates hate kids? That- <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely should have been called for a penalty last night about that. I think my favorite part was watching Bama fans and it like them. So I saw multiple people saying like, I can't believe there shouldn't have been a flag on this. I'm like, well, there actually there's no flags at all in college basketball. So that's nice. <laughs> um, but watching, watching Auburn fans, Mm. that was my favorite part because he, he shouldn't have done it. He should. NATO is not a likable person. I think to anybody outside of Tuscaloosa. And I, I totally understand why. Um, but I also will say that he shouldn't have put his hands on another player. I don't know what was going on. That, that game got chippy real fast. And there was multiple technicals called in the second half. Um, you know, I love him or hate him. I, I think I'll, <laughs> Fuck it, hold on. I'll, I'll just say this. I, I drafted this last night and didn't say it, but now that we're on SEC unfiltered, I feel like I, I can say it. Perfect um, spot. That whole thing about about Auburn fans getting mad about Nate Oates pushing another player. Um, Auburn fans they want to be mad because a coach shoved a player away from his bench, but don't want to be mad about the fact their head football coach made a middle school child dress undress in front of them. So maybe that's what Hugh Freeze should have done. I don't know. There you go. You'll get a kick out of this too, Marler, for the first time, right? I've obviously been in plenty of riffs with uh, with Gamecock Nation previously, but oh, no. got my first ever riff with Auburn folks this week. We how uh, was it? It was it was fun. It, it was fun, honestly, man. Gamecock Nation has prepared me for anything and everything. I yeah. feel like that any other SEC fan base can throw at me. Now I say that, and I'm sure that I'll be proven wrong, but man, I'll be surprised if I'm proven wrong. But either way, it was fun. It was fun. Auburn fans are passionate. Uh, what was funny, though, and I learned a lesson here. I'll take partly some blame. We dropped these SEC power rankings. They're my SEC power rankings. Yeah. We're obviously adding contributors. So someone else, a contributor, wrote an article saying, hey, Auburn's not the best team in the SEC. I had them number one in my power rankings. Just mm-hmm. said, hey, you know, they've, they've been crushing nine straight double-digit wins. Why not? We'll give them the boost. So there was some confusion there. So that was on me, but yeah. it was funny to watch. It was a day in which, like, 
half of the fan base was like, yeah, and then half the fan base was like, <laughs> I'm never interacting with this account. Well, the whole no, the whole thing with the fans is that they they genuinely have this idea that they have a uh, a better moral compass and value system than anyone else and it's the wildest fucking thing to watch because i think that i think they're the best fans in the, in the sec i think they might be the best fans in the country and that's not just because i'm dating one but because they are like they, they you cannot hold auburn fans down remember the movie the hangover i do yes okay there's a line from the hangover i always use when i talk about auburn fans and it is it's the line where where uh, Ed Helms, the guy who's missing the tooth, Andy from the office, looks at Zach Alphanakis and he says something and he goes, thank you. And he goes, you are literally too stupid to insult. That is how I feel about Auburn fans. And I mean it in the best way. Like they are, you cannot say anything that's going to bring them down. It, 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 you, you lost fourth and 31. How did you guys even get into fourth and 31 against a six loss team? Like, like it is, they can, they will spin everything into a positive and it's, it's something that's very admirable about that, that program. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Chris Marler, Saturday Down South, Saturday Football Uncensored. Chris, are you a baseball guy at all? I, I know you played, obviously, yeah. but like when it comes to following SEC baseball, all I was going to say, hey, Bama preseason ranked top 20. So, are they? Nice. Might, I don't, I, yeah, I don't. Might make some noise. Baseball. Might make some noise. So I, I, I know I it's, watch it's tough baseball. to follow. It's a lot. Oh, my bad. Um, I watch SEC baseball. I love watching uh, Wake Forest last year. I don't give a shit about Alabama baseball because I they didn't recruit me. So, <laughs> hey, <laughs> fair enough. I get that. I get that. Chris, always a pleasure, my friend. I appreciate you, and uh, we'll do it again next week. Sounds good, brother.